Let the church say amen. amen. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Thank each and every one of you for your participation this morning. But most importantly, we thank God for blessing us with the help, strength, and the mind to be at this place this morning. Many across the land and country and around the world, they have designated this particular Sunday as what they call Easter Sunday. But as we proclaim every first day of the week, we proclaim the gospel and that death, burial, and resurrection because everybody need to understand and remember that uh, every day of their life, not just a particular Sunday out of the year. And we are so glad to see those who are visiting with us, and we hope and pray that something will be said today to encourage you to come back and to even attend services more than just on Easter. Amen, somebody. Because, you know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. We're we're not going to make it on our own. We, we may deceive ourselves in living and thinking that we're doing okay. But most importantly, the, the big picture of it all is this side is only temporary. Amen. There's another side we must deal with. Amen. Hebrews 9.27 said, for as it is appointed on the man once to die after death, there shall be a judgment. We got to look at the big picture, folks, because this is just temporary over here. The longer you live, you notice things start happening in your body. Things start aching. Things start breaking easier. You know, your vision fade and everything just start happening. You're going to the doctor more. Your blood pressure up. Your blood sugar low or it's high. Oh, it's just some everything start happening. The older you get, it's just a sign to let you know you're getting ready to leave here. This body that was formed from the dust must one day return back unto where it came from. But folks, here's the key right here. The soul of man lives on somewhere. Amen. The soul of man shall live on somewhere. And that's why we stand here proclaiming the gospel week after week, week after week, telling people to repent, turn from their wicked ways, turn from their their, their sinful ways. Not because we make up rules, but these are the words of Jesus himself when he said, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. This is why we stand here week after week proclaiming this dynamite, this powerful stuff called the gospel, that it may touch your hearts and cause you to examine yourself to see if you are truly in the faith. Because one day you're going to close your eyes. One day you're going to close your eyes and it may be much sooner than you may be ready to accept. But one thing for sure, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And if you're not ready, you don't get a second chance. You don't get a second chance. That's why we want you to know, hey, we care about your soul here. Sometimes things are said that, you know what, you might not swallow it well at first, but it's from God's word. And sometimes the things that are harder to swallow are the best for you. 
So just, just keep in mind, we are not, the gospel is not to conform to us. We are here to conform to the gospel. So there may be things you're struggling with and you don't want to give up or you may be dealing with having a hard time giving up. But the word of God don't change to fit you. Amen. We are called, according to the Bible, Romans 12 and 2, we are called to not to conform to this world, but be transformed by first the renewing of our minds. Why is the mind so important? Because everything else is going to follow the actions of the renewing of our mind. Once we get our minds right, everything else can fall in order. That's why the Bible said, don't be conformed to this world because this world is going to perish one day. It's going to perish one day. It's going to burn. And if your faith, your trust, your hope, and everything is built upon this world, you're going to perish with it. But if you're not conformed to this world, you have the hope of being rooted in the truth. And if you stand on the truth and rooted in the truth, you can live on forever. That soul of man can live on forever in a place of glory, a place of peace. A place of wonderful living Amen. called heaven. That's right. But your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. Amen. And if you're not prepared, it won't be heaven. But if you are prepared, it can be heaven. Amen. Amen. So we hope and pray something can be said from God's word today to encourage you, to cause you not to be discouraged because of all of the things that are going on around us in the world. We see so much wickedness. We hear about so much evil things, the murders and the killings and all the things going on around us. Folks, it's all temporary. It's all temporary. Trust me, it's all temporary. Be like those Christians in Hebrews 11. The Bible said, you know what? They were sown asunder, fed to the lions, hung on poles and burned for streetlights. They were uh, ran out of their homes. They had to live in caves and they wandered here and there. But nevertheless, they did not give up on the big picture. God gave them the stamp of approval to say good job because they kept the faith. They would not compromise their faith. And because they didn't compromise their faith, they had something much greater in life to look forward to than what this world can offer you right now. Folks, we got to look at the big picture. I'm not saying it's anything wrong with living comfortable while we're here, but we can't allow that to distract us from what's really important. Because I don't care how much money you make, you're going to die. I don't care how far up the corporate ladder you go. You're going to die. I don't care where you shop and what kind of color bottom shoes you wear. You're going to die. All of that. All of that is just vanity. All of it is just vanity. Ask Solomon. Ask Solomon. He told us over in Ecclesiastes. He said, I had it all. I had it all. I I had the women. I had the wives. I had the bands, I had the, 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 the villages, I had the singers, you name it. He said, but I came to recognize one simple thing. It's all vanity. Amen. It's all vanity. 
And what's truly important in life is to fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Can God's people say amen? Amen. Keep in mind, as we have put out uh, earlier, and uh, Brother Kyrie will be doing our announcement. He'll expound more. But keep the Wynn family in prayer. Brother Sidney's mother passed uh, the other day, and we just want them to know that we are praying for them and how much we love them and care for them. The funeral will be this Saturday down in Douglas, Georgia, and that's about two hours, 50 minutes. I just rounded off three hours south of here. So I will say this much. Uh, if there's a need, and, and hopefully there will be a need, we can take the van or both of the vans down there to show our support. But we would have to leave here about no later than 7 o'clock Saturday morning. I didn't say it'd be arriving here at 7. <laughs> we would leave at 7. And maybe we could stop and get something to eat and then get on down the road. But uh, we'll talk about that more during the announcements. And I have a card. It says, uh, a special thank you. Every kindness has a part in bringing joy to someone's heart. It says, a very special thank you for all who joined us in celebration of our new edition. A very special thank you for all of the gifts the cards and words of encouragement. There's no place like the grove. You can say amen on that. Amen. And it says it's sometimes easy to forget that there are nice people, but they're doing nice things for others. Thanks for being such special reminders, such a special reminder. And this is from the Kelly family, uh, Kane, Jocelyn, and Kylian. I, I like the way she signed it on the bottom. <laughs> Frame that. Be famous one day. So we celebrate this day. Many, I say many, celebrate this day. And as I said, we recognize the death, burial, and resurrection every Sunday. Amen. That is why that particular, this, that particular part of the service we call communion. As it's outlined on the front of that table right there, it said, this do and remember to me. We do it. We recognize it every Sunday because it is a commandment of our Lord and Savior Amen. that we remember that 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 life he lived, that life he lived, that sacrifice he made. Yeah. But most importantly, the death he suffered and the resurrection that he experienced. Amen. Folks, without the resurrection, I wouldn't be here. Amen. Without the resurrection, even if I was still living, I wouldn't be here. Because it would serve no purpose. Amen. Because what would there be to live for? Amen. What would there be to gain? But because God so loved us. Because he so loved the world. He refused to allow his son to stay in that tomb. And he got him up on the third day. And that's why we should should be so fortunate. We should feel so privileged to be a part of the body of Christ. The church of Christ. To be members in particular. Because 
because of that resurrection, we have hope. We can claim hold to eternity. To be with God one day and to be with Jesus one day. Not having to deal with the aches and the pain, the suffering, and all of the sinfulness that this life has brought forward. One day we could be a part of that new heaven and that new earth that we read about over in the Revelation letter. Because there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible said the old heaven and earth, the old earth had passed away. It's going to burn, folks. First Peter 3, Peter said it's going to burn. It's going to burn up. There are some religions that will lead you to believe that once you die, it's just over. That's not the truth. That is far from the truth. When this life is over, there's a judgment. Now, there will be some burning on two parts. This earth, as we know it, will burn and be destroyed. But for those that have done Wrong unto the resurrection. Those who died in their sins, who refused to repent and were resurrected in their sins and who obeyed not the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they're going to burn, too. Amen. That's what the Bible say. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter one. And for those of you who are troubled, he said, let me comfort you with something. Jesus is returning one day in flaming fire with his mighty angels, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they shall be forever punished from the presence of God. It's right there in the Bible. That's why we encourage people read for yourself, study for yourself, because there are those that would tell you. You can just live and enjoy life and live any kind of way you want to now because when you die, it's over. That's a lie. That's not just an untruth. That's a lie. Because you're going to have to answer according to what you did in this life. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he? The gospel message is quite clear as to why Jesus died for us. Yet, there's a reason that is often overlooked. So let's look at some points this morning. Why did he die on the cross? This is a fundamental theme of the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. He died on the cross because there was a need for a sacrifice. There was a need of a savior. There was a need for something that man could not provide for himself. So God, being so loving that he is, John 3, 16, he so loved the world that he gave, he offered his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. His suffering, he died on the cross for his suffering for our sins, were foretold, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. He died and suffered and went through uh, much of many of the things that he did so that we don't have to. He died on the cross so that I don't have to go to the cross. I don't have to be stressed out. 
I don't have to be nailed to it. He died for my stead. He was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. For without him going to the cross, there could not be any remission of sin. Well, we know if there's no remission of sin, there can be no life. Because the wages of sin is death. There could be no fellowship with God if there is no remission of sin. And this is what we try to drive home here in our teachings that, you know what? You can't abide in sin and be in fellowship with God. Sin disconnects you from God. Look at it this way. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, you're plugged up to God. But when you allow sin to come between you and God, you're unplugged. You have no power. You have no juice. You have no connection. You're lost. And that's why we don't play about sin. Because the wages of sin will cause you to lose your soul. You can't just brush it off. You just can't push it to the side and say, I deal with it later. You can, but you may pay an eternal price for it. But God loved us so much. He said, I want something better for my people. I want something better for them. And he, through his son hanging on the cross, shed the blood. That through that blood, we can have the forgiveness of our sin. Amen? Amen. He died on the cross because he loved us. He loved us. He's the perpetuation for our sins. 1 John 4, 9 through 10. And through such suffering, he died on the cross that we might be reconciled back unto God. We were enemies of the cross. And I know we, we, we don't like to hear about how terrible we were. But the truth is the truth is right there in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, it said we were enemies of the cross. We were alienated from God. We were the children of wrath. We didn't even want to have God in our thoughts. That's how terrible we were. But then the Bible said, but God. It says, but God. How did he do it? How did he do it? He did it by giving of his only begotten son. Going to that cross, shedding his blood, that now through him we have redemption from sin through his precious blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. We have redemption, folks. We, We were of no count. We were of no good. We were on death row. We were sentenced to eternal damnation. But God said, you know what? I want something better for my people. And through his love and the giving of his only begotten son, we have redemption, folks. You know what? We we should feel good. We should be grateful. We should be thankful. Because we once deserve death. 
but through the blood of Jesus Christ, his precious blood, as Peter said, his precious blood. Amen. Now we have redemption. Amen? Amen. He died that we might die to sin. Uh-oh. He died that we might die to sin. This reason for his death it is often overlooked. We don't like to talk about that because, see, for me to die to sin, I got to give up some things of myself. Amen. 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 Yet, in 1 Peter 2, 24, it clearly states that, hey, he died and we must die to our sins. There are some things we got, we got to let go. We got to put away. We got to lay aside every weight. And this is where the struggle begins. Amen. He died for our sins that we might die to sin. And now with him as our example, we got to look at his attitude, his personality. His obedience. Amen. We got to look at all the characteristics of Jesus, and that's who we must become like. Amen. That's right. How we think. Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? I believe it's over in chapter 4. It says, think on these things yeah. that are pure, just, honest. Everything about him, that's who we are called to become like. Amen. So the, the sins that we entangle ourselves in, the sins that we struggle with, we, we, we got to let it go, folks. Amen. We got to let it go. It's not that we can't get over it. It's not that we can't let it go. We got to make up our minds to do it. Because if we are called to be like Christ, which we are, Christ had no sin. Christ had no sin. We are called to be like Christ. And then Philippians 4.13 said, hey, I can do all things through who? That does what? Well, let me ask you something. Did Christ overcome sin? Did he overcome death? Yes. Did he overcome the grave? Yes. Well, if that kind of power is in Christ, and if I can do all things through Christ, what's the hold up on me holding on to these sins? Amen. Huh? Amen. It's not that we can't overcome it. You got to make up your mind that you're tired of doing it. Amen. You have to learn an appreciation of what God has done. See, for some of us, we haven't come to the understanding and appreciation of what God has done. We don't, we, don't ex, we don't fully accept yet that we were truly on our way to hell. Amen. Can you imagine? I, I, I think about cases where you see on the news where men have served prison time for 15, 20, 30 years. And then they're exonerated. And it's been proven that they didn't do the crime. Usually one of the first questions the reporter asks her, how do you feel? And the, the person would just say, look, 
I ain't got time to be mad right now. Amen. I'm just happy to be free. Amen. I'm happy to be free. No longer am I in prison. I'm free. Now, down the road, I might think about it and, and, and consider, man, what they have taken from me. But right now, I've been set free. Well, we were the same way. We were slaves to sin. But then God extended a gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Somebody came along and shared a message with us. Or we observed or somebody invited us to worship. Somebody invited us to a gospel meeting. However way it was that you came about hearing the gospel, you said, man, that's right. And you obeyed the gospel. Many of you that are here, you obeyed it. Which it removed you off of death row. Onto the rows of heavenly citizenship. But you can't stop being appreciative and grateful for what God has done. Amen. Just because you got baptized, that don't punch the ticket automatically. There's still something you must do, and that's live faithful unto death. You still got to present your body a living sacrifice unto God for him to accept you. Romans 12 and 1. Many of us haven't come to that appreciation yet. And until we get, until we come to that point of appreciating what God has truly done for us, then maybe, maybe we can find some joy and excitement when we come here to worship. Amen. Then maybe, just maybe, we'll be more excited about serving God Amen. and honoring him with our best because of what he has already done for us. Amen. He died that we might die. He died for our sins that we might live for righteousness. Amen. You ever stopped and thought about that scripture in Romans 12 and 1? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The sacrificial offerings under the old law, they had to be without spot. They had to be without blemish. They had to be the best of the best to be offered. Or else God would have rejected it. God would have said, that's unacceptable. I know what you have and you're not offering me the best that you have. Well, now under the New Testament, the new covenant that we are under with God. You know what? God isn't interested in dead animals anymore. He's not interested in cutting up lambs and goats and bulls and bullets and all of that anymore. God is interested in living sacrifices. Paul wrote, I beg you, I beseech you that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. You ever stop to think about that? 
every day I should be honoring God with my life. Every day. Every day. Every day. I don't care what the occasion may be going on in the world around you or whatever. I should be presenting my life every day as a living sacrifice unto God. Is that the way we live? Is that even on your mind? Or does that just pop up on Sunday? But what if you die on Monday? What if you die on Tuesday? What if you die on Wednesday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? You're not called to be a living sacrifice on those days? Yes, you are. And God said, this is what I want out of you. I gave my best. I sacrificed my only begotten son. He dedicated his life. He surrendered his life as a sacrifice for you. I want you to do the same for me. He went to the cross and died. All I'm asking you to do is to deny your lustful desires. Amen. Amen. Deny your lustful desires that, that work against the spiritual values that I would have you to do. Amen. Do we do that every day? Do we do that every day? And it goes on to say, it's it's reasonable, That's right. Amen. which is your reasonable service. Amen. God said, I'm not I'm not pronouncing something for you to do that you can't do. Amen. I've made a way Amen. for you to do this. I made a way for you to do this. And it's through my son mm -hmm. that through him, you could do all things. Amen. 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 Romans 8, it said, we're more than conquerors through the power of him that redeemed us through Christ. We're more than conquerors. Do you live that way spiritually every day, believing, hey, sin is not going to get the best of me today. I refuse to give in. Or do you just say, well... You know, we all have sin and I'm trying and I'm working on it. Some of you have been working a long, long time and you still don't get it. And it's sad to say people are dying and they still didn't get it. But what's even worse, heaven will never be their home. Because you can't go to heaven trying. You got to go to heaven doing it. It says, be ye Ready. Where, where, where does it say trying in that? Where does it say try? It said be ready. Because you don't know where death is. You don't know at any moment. Guess what? It can happen. Hmm. He died that we might die to sin. Think of what Colossians chapter 3 and 1. It says, if ye then be risen 
with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Is your life hidden in Christ every day? Huh? Do people see Christ in you every day, or do they see who you used to be? Huh? Do they still always approach you asking you and talking to you about filth and trash of what you used to talk about, where you used to go, things you used to do, or is your life hidden in Christ? See, even the devil knows. Because it's a proven fact. When people see Christ in your life, they're mindful about how they approach you. They're mindful about it. But when they keep seeing the old you, what are they to be hesitant about on saying? Because the old you was full of hell. The old you was full of the devil. The old you laughed at the dirty jokes. And, and all of that other stuff. But the Bible said our lives are supposed to be hidden Amen. in Christ. Yeah. We're supposed to be dead to our old ways. Amen. We're supposed to be dead to them. Look at verse number four. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Is he your life every day? Huh? Well, brother, man, you know how it is. Sometimes you say, no, 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 I don't know how it is. Your life's supposed to be about Christ. My life's supposed to be about Christ. It says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him. How? In glory. In glory. Amen. Are you dead to sin? Are you dead to sin? Or do you still just have those inklings and those, those, those pleasure, pleasurable moments when you think about it? Well, if your mind was on the right thing, you wouldn't be thinking about it. Amen. Because we've been told what to think about. Amen. Mm. Jesus died not only to atone for our sin, but to provide a means whereby we can die with him to sin. And thereby live for righteousness. What do people see in your life every day? What do people see in your life every day? The Bible said, when I became a Christian, I was washed. I was sanctified, justified, redeemed. It says I became a new creature in Christ. Amen. Amen. 
What do people see in you every day? What sermon does your life preach or teach every day? You know, we're quick to say, I'm not a teacher. I, I don't have that talent. You have a talent to live. And the Bible says our lives are living epistles, open books. What are you teaching every day? What are you teaching every day in regards to glorify God? Are you teaching kindness? Are you teaching tenderheartedness? Are you teaching love? Are you teaching understanding? Are you teaching patience? You say, well, I'm not a teacher. You're supposed to be living that. Amen. You don't have to open your mouth to teach that. You can just demonstrate that in your actions. Well, if I'm not demonstrating it in my actions, how am I imitating Christ? Because he was long-suffering, tenderhearted, compassionate, loving. Right? We need to take heed, folks, and understand that this thing called Christianity is no joke. Amen. It's no joke. Amen. We, got, we got to get past this one day out of the year of being holy. Amen. Man, this call to follow Christ is a lifestyle. Amen. Not just one Sunday out of the year. It is an everyday lifestyle we are called to live. And if we can't get it right down here, we won't have the opportunity to do it in heaven. As I prepare to close, the question I propose to you this morning is, has Jesus died for you in vain? Has he died for you in vain? Have you died to sin? That's the question I want you to think about for a moment. Have you died to sin? Or do you keep coming up with these excuses why you keep continuing in sin? But the Bible said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we who are dead in Christ, dead to sin, abide there any longer? So my question to you, are you truly in Christ? Amen. Amen. Are you truly in Christ? Did he die for you in vain? Did he? When does the sin stop? When does it stop? Well, I keep trying and trying. Let me tell you something about your trying. Maybe you've been trying the wrong way. It's, it's, it's time for you to stop listening to other people and start listening to the word of God. See, you can't keep going around the same old places 
and expect different results, new results. To abide in Christ and to improve your quality of living to please God. The Bible said, come ye out from among them. Amen. Be ye separate. But I've been knowing these folks. Who do you love the most? Huh? Who do you love the most? People turn their backs on Jesus. Amen? Amen. But Jesus' focus wasn't so much he was caught up on caught up in them. He said, I come to do my father's will. Yeah. Yeah. And see, our problem is we're more concerned about pleasing people than we are God. And see, that even goes as deep as even in our homes. We tend to put our children, our spouse, and others before pleasing God. But yet we wonder why do things always happen the way they happen? Why does it always seem like God don't hear my prayers? Well, see, you serve a jealous God. And you can't put anybody ahead of him. Amen. Amen. When you put somebody ahead of him, you're telling him, I don't have all the faith and the trust in you that I should. You're telling him, I don't appreciate, I don't care about what you sacrificed and what you did. There are other ways. Other than just believing your way. But here's the point. Jesus said in John 14. I am the way. The truth. And the life. He said. No man can come unto the father. Except by me. You cannot. Approach God. Except you. Believe and accept. His son, Jesus Christ. There's no other way than Jesus. But many have tried and many keep trying because you think you can pray to God and ask God to do something, but you're ignoring the commandments of his son. Well, folks, let me refresh your memory. Matthew chapter 28, 18 19, when Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Amen. What does all cover? Jesus said, all power. In heaven? Where is God? In heaven, right? But Jesus said, right now, I got it. I got it. Amen. Are you listening to me this morning? Jesus said, I got it. Mm-hmm. You can't bypass me. Amen. You sending up these, these, these hollow prayers that ain't going nowhere. That ain't hitting the ear of my father because you know what? It got to come through me. And as long as you continue to ignore me, You ain't being heard. He said all power is given unto me in heaven 
enter. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only life that's important to God is the life in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Outside of that, it's worthless. It may mean a lot to people in this, in this carnal world, in the carnal way of thinking, but when it's all said and done, when you close your eyes, it will mean nothing. Amen. The only life that matters is in Christ. Amen. Are you living to make what Jesus went through to appear in vain? Did he die for you in vain? You need to consider that. Because what God sacrificed for us. He has a reason. To send Jesus back one day, not just being angry, not just being mad, but the Bible said it will be a vengeance. It will be a vengeance. Because when you stop and consider. Here was a just man, a man approved by God, the son of God. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, gave the blind their sight, cast out demons in people, did all types of miracles and did all the good you can ever imagine good to me. And they crucified. They crucified him. They crucified him, folks. They crucified him for doing good. Yeah. They crucified him for telling the truth that he was the son of God. Amen. They crucified him. <coughs> they beat him. They spit on him. They took the, 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 the crown of thorns. They, they, they pressed it into a skull. They slapped them around. And God allowed this to happen to his only begotten son because he said, I want something better for my people. Amen. I don't want them to go to hell. And that's really what it boiled down to. I don't want them to go to hell, but I got to provide an avenue of escape for them. Amen. And the only avenue of escape was through his son suffering the way he did. Amen. And now you have the opportunity to present your body a living sacrifice to honor him, to glorify him. To praise him. And you choose not to. You choose to show up one Sunday out of a year. Or maybe Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day. You choose to say, well, any church will do. I got Jesus in my heart. I got the church in my heart. No, that ain't what the Bible teach. Amen. The Bible teaches there's only one church. Yeah. 
God sacrificed His only begotten Son to build that one church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18 following, He said, upon the truth that Peter spoke, that He was the Christ, the Son of the living God, He said, I'm going to build my church on that truth. It wasn't built on Peter. Man, you built something on Peter. You better not trust him. He said, blessed are thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, upon this rock, the truth that you spoke. Yeah. I'm going to build my church. Jesus sacrificed his only begotten son to build his one church. And then there are those who will slander this blood-bought institution. There are those that would just just live any kind of way to to bring, bring about shame and disgrace upon it. Well, to bring shame and disgrace upon the church, you bring it upon Christ. Because you can't separate the two. This is his bride. And what you do to one, you're doing it to both. God sacrificed his only begotten son. That men and women may come to the sense, to their senses to understand they need to be members of this blood-bought institution. Why, why, why this institution? Why the Church of Christ? I'll tell you why the Church of Christ. Because its founder is Jesus Christ. Its founder isn't professed to be some, some man who had an experience out in the woods somewhere or sitting in a prison cell or was out in the field somewhere and a light shined upon them. The headquarters not in New York City. Christ is the head. Read the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5. He's the founder. He's the savior of the body. He's the head. There aren't a bunch of lawgivers and decision makers in Christ's church. There's only one. Everybody, all of us serve under him. Man don't make up things according to how Christ's church is governed and ran. It's already in the book. Man, men are appointed into position to ensure that what he said should be done is carried out. Amen. It ain't but one head. Christ is the head. He's the savior of it. The Bible said he's coming back for it one day. That's why it's so important to be a member of the church of Christ. He's not just coming back for a bunch of churches. He's not just coming back for any church. He's coming back for his bride that wear his name. 
People go out and form all these religions with all these different names and all this stuff. Man, look, when I married my wife, her last name switched from Richie to May. If she had come to me and said, well, I still want to marry her, but I want my last name to be Jackson. I said, okay, I'll be back. And she has still been sitting there waiting. Because what makes you think you're going to be my bride and wear some other man's name? We understand that, don't we? That's crazy. Well, what makes you think you can commit adultery with another religion and expect Jesus to overlook it when he come back? It ain't going to happen. Because ain't no adulterer going to make it to heaven. That's right. If you expect to be a part of his church, you got to be a member of that body that wear his name. What's wrong with giving Christ the glory? Not naming these churches out the bushes and hills and mountains and all this stuff. No. No. I think it was made very plain and clear who the focus need to be on. Remember when Peter, James, and John went with Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration? Peter got excited. Moses showed up. But that, that, I mean, I, I have to admit, I probably would have had to change my clothes if I had been there. <laughs> After all that you had read and studied and what you know about Moses, the great lawgiver, the one who had God's ear, who could persuade God to change his mind. It's a bad boy. Then not only Moses showed up, here's Elijah. Oh, man! You're talking about VIP! Peter got excited. Peter said, oh, my goodness! Let us build three tabernacles. Peter said, I don't want to cut nobody short. And as soon as he could get it out of his mouth, a voice from heaven resounded. This, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Did he say that about Moses? Did he say about Elijah? So that, that right there should be enough to cause you to say, you know what? I need to listen to Jesus. Well, Moses didn't run off and build a church. Elijah didn't run off and build a church. But other men have gone off and started other religions and everything. You better go back to the mountain. What did God say? This is my beloved son. And whom I am. 
hell please. Heal ye him. And I'm saying to you today, listen to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot go unto my father except by me. And you cannot even entertain a conversation with me being outside of me. So what do you mean, preacher? You want you want to have a fellowship with me? Obey me. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Galatians 3, 27, he said, for many of you as were baptized into Christ. That's what I mean by being in Christ. God created all of us. But that don't necessarily mean he's going to save all of us. Let me say that again. He created all of us. For we're all children of God by faith. But as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, now that's where all the spiritual blessings are. That's where you come in contact with the blood when you are baptized for the remission of your sins. And all your past is washed away. That's what it means to be in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're an enemy of the purpose of why God gave his only begotten son. You're an enemy of the cross. You said, well, I, I don't see myself being a bad person like that. It don't matter what you think. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Because he that is not with me, that's what Jesus said. He that is not with me is what? Against me. That's the Bible. That's why today, if you haven't made up your mind to put Christ on in baptism and to become a Christian the way the Bible outlines and teaches for one to become a Christian. You're, you're sitting in a state of lostness right now. Amen. Really? And I don't say that to make you mad or to offend you. I'm telling you because you need to know. Because there are people out there that will bamboozle you and lie to you and deceive you because they want your money. They want you to praise them and, and, and worship them and all this stuff. But let me tell you something. I care about your soul. I care about it enough to tell you the truth. If you're not in Christ, you're lost today. Now you can say, well, I feel. It ain't, it ain't about a feel. It's about obedience. Look at the example in Acts chapter 2. Look at the example. Peter preached that first gospel sermon. He preached. Boy, did he preach. He was preaching so hard to those Jews. Verse 37, the Bible said, there was a man that cried out and said, men and brethren, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? 
Because through the preaching of what they heard. Because the Bible said, and when they heard this, they were pricked at their heart. What did they hear? They heard how they had crucified an innocent man. They had crucified the Son of God. Now this blood was on them. And if they didn't do something about it, they were going to die. And they were going to die in their sins with the blood of an innocent man on their hands. But the Bible says in verse 37, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? What did Peter tell them? Repent. Repent. And do what? And be baptized. How many? Everyone. Everyone. Why? For the remission of your sins. But what was the first order of instruction? Repent. Acknowledge you wrong. See, if you can get past that, you're all right. But see, pride will get in your way. Pride will get in your way, and pride will send you to hell. The first order of business was acknowledge you wrong. And we got a problem with that, folks. Even when it comes down to our soul salvation, we got a problem acknowledging that, hey, I've been misled. Mm -hmm. But don't you see God is giving you an opportunity to hear the truth? What, what, what church do you attend that give you book, chapter, and verse on everything they teach? You ain't going nowhere else that's going to give you book, chapter, and verse. They're too busy trying to get your mind formulated to worship them and praise them and what they can get out of you. We care about your soul. Verse 38, Acts chapter 2, he said, repent and be baptized. That's why you need to be baptized. Because it's an example we have. But if you go on down in Acts chapter 2, you know the beauty of the church of Christ. Remember I said, Jesus is the head. Ephesians 5, he's the savior of the body. Ephesians 5. But let me share one more glorious thing about the church of Christ. Jesus is the only one who can add you into it. Yes, It don't matter what I say. I don't have anything to block you from becoming a member of Christ's church. Amen. And Acts chapter 2, it said some 3,000 souls were added. Yeah. That day. Yeah. And it goes on to say, guess what? Guess who we're doing the ad? And the Lord added to the church how often? Daily. 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 Such as should be saved. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Jesus added. Man, when Jesus adds you, you know you're on the right track. Amen. But, but, but you're going somewhere with folks voting on you. <clears throat> well, just remember, whatever they vote you in, they'll vote you out of it. We saw that in Nashville over the weekend, didn't we? 
those legislators, they got voted in and they got voted out because they spoke up about something the other party didn't want to talk about. But when Christ adds you, you know what? Christ is the only one who can take you out of it. Get yourself saved today. That's why you need to be a member of the Church of Christ. Ephesians 4 and 4, the Bible says there's only one body. Colossians 1.18 said a body in the church is the same. So when I say there's only one church, I'm telling the truth. Christ then established but one body, one church, one system of faith. You read Ephesians 4, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, right? There aren't many. They're all one. You need to be a part of that one to be saved. You're here today and you haven't obeyed the scriptures. To do what the Bible charges you to do to get rid of your sin. It's my prayer. And it's all of our prayer as members of the Church of Christ that you will get saved today. Folks, I say it all the time. You don't know what's going on in your body. You just don't know. Reading a report the other day, young lady, she's working on a job and she said she just wasn't feeling well. And come to find out, she had a blood clot in her leg. And then, she went back to work and everything. Then the blood clot moved. And they went straight to her lung. She said, but I was feeling okay. When they were down in her leg and they, she called herself doing something to stop it. Folks, you could be sitting here right now and say, I feel good. Yeah. That don't mean something can't be wrong with you. Now, if you're going to gamble your soul on saying, well, God going to understand. Let me tell you, he understood he gave you time today. He understand he gave you the opportunity to hear the gospel preach. That's what he understands. And he understands that you allow your pride to get in the way that you would not do what he commands you to do to be saved. That's what he understands. Because the Bible said, and the Hebrew writer said, the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. This is your day. This is your day. This is why God woke you up. This is your day to be saved. Now you can ignore it if you want to. It ain't no guarantee you're going to have another one. Why don't you get it right today? So what preacher, what do I need to do? You need to do what the Bible says. Do what they did in Acts chapter 2. Those men cried out, men and brethren, what must we do? What shall we do? They heard the gospel. They believed it. 
They repented of their sins. They confessed Christ to be the Son of God. They were baptized for the remission of their sins. And they live faithful following that baptism. That's what you do. That you may present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Are you willing to do that? This is your day. God woke you up just for this today. You could deny it if you want to. But there ain't no guarantee you're going to get another chance. For us who are members. We know the rules. We know what we must do. If we have strayed away. If we have let our guards down. We have allowed sin to get into our lives. We need to repent. We need to repent. We need to ask God for forgiveness. To be restored back into the right fellowship. You can't just expect to ignore sin and it'll go away. You may forget about it, but God won't. And that sin will follow you into judgment. And what sin you haven't repented of, you know what? It will be the reason you will not hear well done. Get yourself right today. What's our song? 633. 633 is our invitation song. If you desire to be baptized today, we just ask that you come forward when we stand and start singing and have a seat on the front row. And we'll, we'll, we'll guide you from there. But don't you stand there and let this opportunity pass you by knowing, hey, I should have gotten myself saved today. Let us together stand and let us sing. Careless souls, why will you?